0: behind the shades
1: um, well in the beginning i was doing a lot of consulting in terms of business Um, now i work with entrepreneurs on the mental aspect of being an entrepreneur um Because I noticed after, you know, 15 years of consulting businesses and business owners that that was kind of the thing. Like I can teach you how to scale up, get clients, keep employees, do all the things. But if you are your own obstacle and you don't have um, the wherewithal to recognize that there's growth to be had mentally... Um, then you kind of can get stuck in business. And so um, I typically work with men um, that are in business, been in business for a little while, so have some foundational pieces in place, but they're needing to be a better leader, um, just show up differently in their business, um, get very clear about their intention and kind of what they're doing in the world, in their world, you know?
0: So, I know here in Canada, there is some people will say that there's a lack of resources for men in the capacity that you're looking to assist them with mental health, progressing their career on a professional and a personal level. How does it feel to be feeling that quote unquote void for the men who need help in those areas?
1: I mean, it's amazing for me. Uh, First, I mean, I'd like to address the fact that most. you know, our culture, uh, Canada, the US, like, we just we never allowed men for many, many generations to have emotions, except, you know, anger was an acceptable one, right? Um, And now that we're sort of uh, lessening the grip on that social norm. It's wonderful to watch. um, You know, I say young men, because they're usually younger than me. They're in there like, thirties and forties start to recognize that it's okay. And that they've actually had emotions this whole time. It's just, they've always called it anger or stress, right? Those two emotions. (laughs) Um, But to, to watch their vocabulary grow around what emotions are and be able to negotiate them in a way that is uh, more masterful than just, you know, exploding or raising their voice or whatever the things that they were taught or learned to do. Um, to be able to get introspective. You know, it's fun to watch and it's amazing to watch the transformation of going, okay, like I'm a human, not, you know, I am a male human, but I am a human and I get to have all these emotions because we're having, you know, all these emotions all day, every day and watching them start to flourish by being able to name like, oh, right. I mean, I called it stress before, but actually, um, you know, it's anxiousness or it's, you know, fear-based or whatever. And I, I just love that part, you know, cause it doesn't, I think, you know, the other part of the societal norm is like, oh, you know, don't be a wussy or whatever. If you're a man and you know, don't have all these emotions and you certainly can't cry. And, um, and I'm not saying that, you know, the men in my sessions do cry, although some of them do. Um, it's it's not about that it's like it's not it's not being a wuss if you're having emotions just because you're a man and and it doesn't have to show up as weak or you know I think vulnerability has always been seen as weak and I and I don't agree I think it's actually strength
0: it's like how and you and I are old enough to remember don't cry or else you want me to give you something to cry for yeah (laughs) right <laughs> cry,
1: and then yeah, I'll give you, something you remember you're now. there and then
0: men would have to stand tall right we would have to be you know head up head up chest out we we're proud I used to call it peacocking where you have all the feathers and you're kind of showing off and I had to go through something similar with a few of my friends whereas and you tell me if this is what you'd help with as well it's One thing to identify the emotions you want to experience, it's another thing to put it into words. Is that what you have observed as well?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think if you can't, I mean, I think, I mean, let me just take one step back and say, like, I truly believe that we're here to heal and grow, to gain consciousness and evolve as humans. And um, part of that healing process is being able to have emotional awareness. And if you can't name what's going on for you, then it's really challenging to change it. So if you're having you know, high levels of stress, anxiety, overwhelm, whatever, um, if you can't address them and really get to understand how they like show up in your body physically, emotionally, mentally, um, or you know how you're reacting, whether it's you know raising your voice, cursing, whatever the things are. Um, if you can't um, name those things then it's very difficult to change them. Um, and I think that's the first step to the healing process. Well actually the first step is usually crisis like, I can't take it anymore. (laughs) Like I don't have the skill set to figure out how to quit having these experiences on repeat, you know? Um, And that's usually when people come to me (laughs) is like, I'm not sure why I'm here, but like, there's parts of my life that I just am tired of experiencing. They don't feel good. And, um, you know, and then the next piece is the emotional awareness piece. Like what's actually happening here? Like waking up to sometimes I'll have a client come to me and I'll, you know, I don't talk about the past all that much because I don't think it's as important as, say like psychologists do. But what I think is important is to understand that a lot of these habits and things that we've, um, that are perpetuating in our lives came from the past. And so in the beginning, I sort of talk about it a little bit so they can understand that like, you know, belief structures are based on these past experiences. And it's really good for them to see that, you know, oh, if I was in an abusive uh, family dynamic that, um, you know, it would lead to me lacking some confidence or, you know, feeling hyper stressed out a lot, you know, being in fight, flight or freeze a lot. So it's important in that way to understand like, oh. Connect the dots to why I might be sort of calibrated physiologically, emotionally, mentally to these experiences and figure out how to heal from them so we don't have to keep experiencing the bad things over and over again.
0: Because what I found and from there's so much literature and information on this is that you can always pinpoint it. Well, not always. You can usually pinpoint it to an experience or experiences when they're younger and they may view it as the norm. And then when they get into adulthood, I think many of us come to a point, as you mentioned, there's a crisis period where we're thinking, wait a minute. I've seen this as a child. I've seen this as a teenager. I'm doing it this way, but it doesn't feel appropriate. It doesn't feel right. And it's causing me grief, anxiety, stress, anger, these different types of emotions, when they come to you, Erin, is it, because you mentioned emotional awareness, is it just getting them to be emotionally aware or is it maybe a little bit of reprogramming to understand how to be emotionally aware?
1: Um, actually, it's kind of both, right? I mean, because sometimes people will come with come to me and I'll ask them to tell me about their past and they'll say, you know, my childhood was great. And then I, you know, go, um, okay, so there's no emotional awareness there, right? Because as a child, um, I mean, gosh, you look at little kids, and, you know, they're freeform, they're just doing their thing all the time. But they take they're taking in so much information. And because um, developmentally, uh, as a child, we're egocentric, meaning like the unit we are the middle of the universe. Everything is happening because of us, or we're causing it. Um, you know, little things can trigger um, experiences that don't feel good. And it's the it's not the story of all the things that happened before. What it is is what did you decide about yourself because of those things? Right? It's not the abuse or the abuser. Or just the regular, you know, the teacher that told you to be quiet and didn't allow you to have a voice or whatever. Like, you know, you can call those things trauma because I think everybody is experiencing some level of trauma, not because it's so horrific sometimes, sometimes it is horrific, but because we're little and we don't understand. We don't have enough history to understand that that teacher was just trying to teach and maybe she didn't handle it appropriately, but that doesn't mean that you're not a good person. It just means you were acting up at that particular juncture and then you decided about yourself that you don't get to have a voice or that your voice doesn't matter. And so it can be as little as that, these moments. And so that's why the past is not so important, the actual things or the people, but the important part is what did you decide about yourself? Because that we can heal. And so it starts with the emotional awareness. Um... And sometimes that takes a while for people who don't have experience with that. If you don't, if you grew up in a family where uh, they never talked about emotions, it's very challenging for you to express emotions because you don't have any um, examples of that. And so that takes some time. But once you get the emotional awareness, then the process really becomes about going inward, right? So, like most people, um have situations happen and they take a victim stance they say oh this person said this or did this or the circumstance was not what i wanted so they blame that other person for saying or whatever but in the healing process that is internal work you cannot fix out here you can't fix people and you can't fix circumstances But you can heal inside here so that whatever is going on out here, you can actually negotiate in a way that feels good or okay to yourself because that's what's happening. When somebody says something that triggers you or makes you react, it has nothing to do with them. They just are giving you the gift of recognizing that there's some hurt inside here that is responding to that, is being poked at. And when you can recognize that it's not out here, that, you know, your boss didn't make you upset, your employer or client didn't make you upset, you are upset inside and whatever they're doing is representing that for you. That's a very different way to do healing than saying, oh, you know, my parents are abusive and I'm going to blame them for my crappy life. no. It's they gave you the opportunity, and I'm not saying it was a pleasant opportunity, but they are giving you the opportunity to um, rectify karma or whatever you're heal- here to heal and grow from. And so, if you, after the emotional awareness, then you're going inside and doing healing on you. But you've got to switch from um, victim stance to personal responsibility.
0: Have like when they have that moment, that uh-huh. aha. <laughs> and they realize that they have to do work internally versus trying to, as you mentioned, change the world. Is that a process that you're walking them through it? Or is it more so you're giving them the tools to identify?
1: Kind of both. Um, You know, I can give a lot of tools, but tools can also become just another distraction, like, um, you know, alcohol, drugs, social media, whatever the things are that we use to distract ourselves from the uh, pain that we're experiencing. Um, and, you know, if we can recognize that, that pain is not going to go away by, I mean, we literally are like, always <laughs> trying to distract ourselves. I mean, we're physiologically programmed not to experience pain, like we don't want to experience pain. But un- unfortunately, or fortunately, the healing process is to go toward the pain versus trying to make it go away. So I use strategies to disrupt habitual thoughts and emotional patterns that are connected to those thoughts. Um, and, you know, and obviously action comes after that and it and that will change as well. Um, so that's, you know, that's how to get to the healing pieces Not to, you know, I mean, obviously I use things like um, meditation and breathing and things like that because of what we were talking about before in terms of the calibration of our physiology to those experiences that we had as a child, and that created our norms. And so when we recognize that those norms that were norm for us, that were a lot of times calibrated to fight, flight, or freeze... Um, are inappropriate, like, you know, this life is pretty safe, actually, you know, I mean, not all the time, but most of the time, we have all kinds of experiences of safety here. But when you are calibrated as a child, to the fight, flight or freeze, because of it didn't feel safe, whether it was emotionally, mentally, physically, sexually, whatever, um, then you've got to Recalibrate to a different norm. Um, And most people don't recognize that. And that's why they keep experiencing things over and over and over again, is because they are calling into their lives based on this norm that is a little bit wackadoodle, right?
0: (laughs) So, Aaron, when you mentioned that, I like that the fight bite, or freeze. Tell us a little bit about that and what exactly does that mean for the person?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, uh, you know, I was going to say caveman brain. It's kind of like that, right? It's like, it's the old part of us that was really um, about survival, but we're clearly past just survival. I mean, not everybody, but a lot of people are Past, you know, caveman stuff, right? We're not trying to forage and all the things. Um, However, our brain, I mean, literally parts of our brain are like set to survival, right? The subconscious mind is almost completely about survival. And um, so, you know, it's this is why, you know, things like New Year's resolutions, dieting, all this stuff is so challenging. It's It's set internally. You've got internal resistance to change because the subconscious mind is only interested in survival. So when you get past just the survival, we start to recognize that, um, that there is some safety out there. So the fight, flight, or freeze is that old brain going... What do we need to do in order to make it past this next hour, this next day, whatever? Um, And so when you are a child and say you live in a, uh, you grow up in a family where there is, um, you know, addiction, maybe alcohol or drugs or whatever, um, you begin to adapt your behavior to experience the least amount of pain, right? So if, Uh, your, say, father or mother or whatever comes home and you can tell when they're drinking, then you learn how to fly under the radar so that you don't agitate them, so that you don't get hit, something thrown at you, yelled at, you know, whatever the thing is, right? And so that fight, flight, or freeze is an automatic response to when trauma is coming your way. Like, how are you going to experience it? And it's meant for, you know, legit like saber tooth tiger stuff, but because um, we don't have those experiences anymore, but they look differently and, you know, sometimes they're not even physical, they're emotional. um, We're still doing those things. And if you continue to get into fight, flight, or freeze on a regular basis, then your nervous system is set to that as norm. And so it's very challenging. So that's why sometimes you'll see people, um, you know, get super stressed out over something that seems not that challenging. It's because their nervous system is already up, right. It's already heightened and it just takes another little thing for it to kind of fire off. Um, And so, you know, things like breathing and meditation can help us to recalibrate that so that we can begin to show our body that it's okay and safe to exist in whatever the situation is. Um, But if we don't understand that, then we keep firing off, firing off, firing off at every little thing. My boss is upset with me firing off into fight, flight, or freeze, right? Because that's our norm. Whereas, you know, boss could be upset and you could just breathe a little bit and relax and just go, okay, well, I screwed that up, but I'm going to do better next time.
0: And I'm wondering, is it possible when you experience that to, as you mentioned, when you say recalibrate, are we taking the old norm, which is how they're responded to something and showing them a different Path, okay, a new norm. Is that how that would work?
1: For sure. Yeah. Um, taking so that's why emotional awareness is so important, is because it's not so much, it's not just like, oh, obviously I'm stressed out right now because I'm like pulling my hair out. <laughs> um, it's not just that, it's um recognizing what, right? Like stress doesn't happen like that. It's like a series of events that happen and then you're triggered, right? And understanding all that, then you can start to, you know, like if I like to, I heard this guy say once, he's like, if somebody, you know, came into your, you know, space or whatever, and every time they came, they were super negative and putting everybody down, like at some point you'd kind of brace yourself for when they came into your space or maybe not even have them. And it's very similar to that. And so, you know, you want to use things like breathing and meditation to begin to show your nervous system how to relax regardless of the situation. But if you don't know that you're being fired off, you, you can't, that's why emotional awareness is so important is so you can see, oh, I'm firing off. I'm firing off. These things trigger me to do, you know, whatever, have this experience. So then, when you get that piece handled, like oh, okay, this is how I do all the things I do, then you can come in with you know breathing exercises and meditation and um, different thought patterns and disruption of specific thoughts narratives that are going on in your mind, and then change can happen from there. And it does; um, it shows your body that it's okay to relax, much like you practice these same thoughts and experiences that release the same kind of chemistry in your body um you can practice different thoughts which lead to different chemistry being released into your body and have a different experience because that's that's the mind body connection is your thoughts are creating chemistry and if the outcome is that you don't feel good then there's something going on with your thoughts that's creating that chemistry you can just change your thoughts i mean I'm, i made that sound easy but That's basically it, you know, empowering yourself to say, no, I'm no longer going to default set to what my brain has decided. I'm going to actually take over my brain because we can actually do that. I just, most people don't.
0: And as you're saying that, I know you're helping men, entrepreneurs and business. And for someone who has a corporate job, it can be very stressful. So you're probably dealing with men who it's elevating in their day-to-day life. And when you get them to recognize that and to make the change, because of the type of clientele that you have, do you find that to be difficult at times? Which part? The part in helping them to not always experience fight, flight, or freeze. Because of the demands maybe of of their job or even of their personal life.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think um, if that's all you know, or if that's most of what you know, it's going to be challenging. However, you know, it always kind of starts with intellect first, you know, like, because you can intellectually understand that, you know, you're in a fight, flight, or freeze, but not be able to do anything about it because either you don't have the tools or you recognize it too late and you're already triggered or whatever. Um, and the reality is, is that, um, emotional awareness is so key. It's so huge. Um, that through intellect, I help them by telling stories by, um, of myself or others that I've heard of, or, um, Giving like, I feel like often I say the same thing, but I say it in so many different ways, and then I can see just like where it just clicks. It's like, oh, they needed to hear it that way. Okay, cool. So here's how I, you know, frame that for you. And so th- through the years of coaching, it, um, you know, I use a lot of intuition. I just, you know, just know stuff. And while I'm talking to them, I'm like, oh, they need to hear it this way, or they need to hear about this story or whatever it is. Uh, Most of my client sessions, um, sometimes I feel like I'm kind of the vessel, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Like I'm like saying the things, but I don't have a, it's not set that I'm going to say these things. There is curriculum that I do teach along uh, around all the stuff that we're talking about right now, you know, taking personal responsibility, understanding how important your thoughts are, disruption of those things, what beliefs are and um, how they are fundamental and how we see this world and um, broadening the, um, you know, what's possible through understanding beliefs. But, um, you know, going through the healing process, that's very different um, than those specific things I'm teaching. It's like taking those specific things and actually putting them into action. And um, I find that if I can tell enough stories, they can hear it. You know what I mean? Like you just, there's that moment where it clicks for you. Like you could give a friend a book and they're like, this book doesn't resonate with me at all. And you give another friend a book and go like, wow. You know, like, oh my God, I get it now. You know, and so. Your mind
0: is just blown
1: Yeah. You're just like, wait, what just happened? Like all of a sudden things open up and that's just, I mean, it's such, I feel like so honored that I get to, to be a part of that journey. Like really, um, it's so meaningful to show people that it is okay to enjoy your life every day and that this life is absolutely beautiful and you are worthy of experiencing that it is meaningful, you know, and that they have value. I mean, cause that's the thing that most everybody learned from childhood was like that they don't have value on some level, you know, that they aren't worthy, that they're not good enough. Everybody learns that somehow in whatever way, sometimes it's huge traumas and sometimes it's just little ways but everybody learns that because that's what we're here to do is heal and grow from that. And it's amazing. I mean, it's just, it's remarkable.
0: There's many of us who, if I speak for myself, the first time I experienced failure, when I failed at something, I was a kid and it was devastating because I wasn't equipped and I look at many of my peers today at my age as an adult, and I wonder how it would feel to fail for the first time at that age. And as you mentioned, without the tools to properly bounce back or even prepare yourself for it. And when you say that we're here to we're here to learn, to heal, I think that's a beautiful way to summarize life. Because it's not always going to be perfect. It's not always going to be happy moments. There's going to be a lot of sad moments. So take us through, Aaron. When you, as you're going into the future now, five years down the road, 10 years down the road, and you mentioned that you're there to help these people on their journey, how does it feel for you now to see some of these men that you help bounce back and become this just ball of, energy and happiness?
1: I mean, it's super satisfying, of course, to, you know, be able to share what I know is the truth. I don't, um, I'm not doing the work. They're doing the work. Um, I just get to be a part of it. And uh, I think we're all going to consciously evolve. Like, I think that's where we're headed. Um, But just like, you know, bringing organic produce into the supermarket took a long time. (laughs) It's going to take some time, you know, for me, my next biggest thing is I want to start a holistic health center, a retreat center um, and bring in people who want to go through the healing process um, in a space that is, you know, healing and and make it, like I said, holistic, you know, because we're not just our minds, we're not just our bodies. I think we're equal parts, mind, body, and spirit. And when one of those is out of whack is when we don't, you know we have mental health challenges, we have physical challenges, disease, all those things. and um, and we're we are whole when those three things are attended to and um, I think it's possible to do that in a short period of time get an understanding about what it would look like to be healthy uh, mind body and spirit Um, and so that's my next big venture